Today, Jack, the show is all about you. You're in full control. Go. First of all, hello to Jack. Good morning, Jack. Let's talk to Jack Duffin. Let's bring in Jack Duffin. In our Westminster studio is Jack Duffin. Good morning, Cleveland. It's just me today. Um, Paul and Jack Shelby back tomorrow. Just taking a day off um, for me to sneak a show in. So, um, no, here we are. So, I had a thought about what I wanted to talk about. And I've decided to look forward to the 2020 free agency class for the Browns. Just sort of look who's on that list, discuss some names. Some of those names obviously might be gone this year on the cheaper end but there's sort of four or five key players I want to look at and then just going through sort of the rookie contracts what's the cost of those and sort of what positions might be up for grabs as a starter spot next year Um, I'm not going to go into cuts for next season because it's far too early to get into that but um, what happens during this off season is teams will be looking at players that are up next year and going should we get their deals done early? And you've got players like Duke Johnson. The Browns got a discount on him because he's done that year early. And if you wait until free agency is right on the cards, you'll see it a lot with the Patriots. They'll allow their players to test free agency and try to get them back on a good deal. But if you do do it a year in advance and you think that player is going to have a breakout year or do something well, then you can often get a really, really good discount. So I'm using over the cap as I always do for stats numbers. So make sure you go over to overthecap.com. There's so much fantastic content there. So we're just going to start with the most expensive players and work down the list. So the first up is Greg Robinson. And I'm not going to go too deep on this because I've, I've discussed it many, many times before. So Greg Robinson is playing for us this year. It's just on a one-year deal. But then if we sort of look, there's two players I'd compare him to. and I don't think he's quite as good as either of these players. Um, he obviously, there's something about him in the past. He went really high. Is there the skill to then continue to perform at this level? I don't think so. I think he done an, an okay job for us last year, considering where we got him from. Um, just off sort of the scrap heap, basically, of the NFL. If he has a bad year this year, he's gone. If he has a good year this year, let's look at two players and they've both come through the Patriots in recent years that I would compare him to for what a deal he might get. So Nate Solder went and got 15.5 million a year. Trent Brown went and got 16.5 million a year. And if he then hits free agency, Greg Robinson has a good year. Are we really talking about spending 17, 17.5 million a year paying him? I can't see it. I just cannot see that money being spent. If you're serious about trying to keep Miles Garrett, then you're not paying Greg Robinson that money. So Greg Robinson is very much, because of that deal, in his final year. It was a position that I thought we might have addressed during the draft, and then he might have been cut by the time the um, season started and training camp was done. But that didn't happen. So where we didn't address the position highly in draft or free agency, he's now sort of, playing this one-year deal and we're either going to go find someone in free agency next year that we like enough that they think they might get away with it but in most likelihood if I was going to pencil in a pick the Browns first round pick 
in the high 20s or in the early 30s is going to be a left tackle. We might trade up for that player, but um, I would be shocked if we're not talking about a first-round tackle because that is a big need for the Browns going into the next season. Obviously, we all hope that Forbes might develop, but it's a bit early to put hopes on a player that we haven't really seen any do any snaps in practice. And the next player down the list is J.C. Tretter. His contract's up at the end of this season. Um, it's more affordable as a centre. If we look at sort of where the market is, sort of, I would say you look in the 9 to 10 million range a year on average. So maybe sort of a, a three-year 28 or a three-year 30 million deal is certainly something I could see getting done. It's an important position just to have it solidified. Baker gets on well and there's the partnership there. Then by all means, look to get that deal done. Getting that deal done early might be a benefit because he's got a low cap number this year. So if you can spend some of that extra cap. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see a JC Tretter deal done this offseason unless there's someone they've really got their eye on and they're going to move him around. I think it's on 7.25 million this year. Maybe just increase this year to 10 and then have two cap hits of 8 million. Could be a way we get this deal done. So keep an eye on that one. I think JC Tretter could be an off-season deal we get finished. Next down the list is Drew Stanton. Drew's got one more year at the Browns. Um, done a good job last year backing up um, Baker. Well, Ty Rob was there, but more sort of in camp and that sort of stuff. He's really the shoulder he could go to and sort of ask advice. And he's like a coach, but in a uniform. He's got a solid enough track record playing when he needs to step in. Um, but no, it's one more year and good luck to him. He'll probably then retire after that. The next name down on the list is an interesting one. Rashad Higgins playing on 2 million this year. And that is going to be an interesting battle because OBJ staying. He's certainly got another three years at the Browns. After that, there's then questions with where the Browns are, where OBJ's at, as injuries come back. Um, what attitude is like, but that's three years down the line. So forget about that for the time being. You're not going to be able to pay three wide receivers, starter and that realm of money. It's just not possible because it's one of the three most expensive positions. It's your quarterback, your defensive ends, and your wide receivers. So if he's not getting paid, why would he stay? And it all depends how good a year he has this year. Does he end up as a starter? No one really knows what that battle is going to be between him and Callaway. Does Higgins get the nod? Does Callaway get the nod? Who does better across the season? I think a lot will vary on who does better in camp. But we're going to be playing a lot of three wide receiver sets. So there's the opportunity for them both to flourish. But I think at the end of the season, it's going to come down to whatever money Higgins wants versus what value they see in Jarvis Landry. And that's going to be the debate that Dorsey will have, that um, Freddie Kitchens will have, that all the people in the front office and the coaching staff are going to be asking, is Jarvis Landry affording his contract next year? Or are we better signing Higgins to potentially sort of a, maybe a six to eight million, it could be a lot more, but would you rather have Higgins on six million or would you rather have Jarvis Landry on 15? And 
that question is something that's going to have to be asked and going to have to be discussed. So that's one I would definitely keep an eye on, guys. It could go either way. Higgins could massively outperform Jarvis. Jarvis could finally break out as a player. Um, but th- those things are to be seen. So I would be surprised, I'd be shocked if you get Higgins and Jarvis both at the Browns next season. I think it's one or the other. Um, the only way that might happen is, say, Callaway regresses with off-field issues um, and it's gone, so it might be a panic signing um, just to make sure we have three really solid wide receivers. But if Callaway continues to shine, it's Callaway, OBJ, and another. And that's going to be an interesting battle to follow across the entire season because no early day it will be done with Higgins. So as we sort of close on the end of the next season, I think we're going to see a decision there. The next name is Demarius Randall. And so Randall's currently on his fifth-year option. And looking at the market, there's been some sort of moves in the past couple of off-seasons before this where the safety position was getting really undervalued. There was lots of players getting cut and moved on. And then we sort of had a uh, explosion this off-season where money went back to the position. You've got Earl Thomas, Landon Collins, the Honey Badger, all in the 14 million range. So players are getting paid. I think you're looking around the 10 million, maybe just above that for um, Randall. Maybe cheaper because there's a lot of hype around Randall with Browns fans. My favourite moment of last season was him passing the ball to Hugh Jackson. But in all honesty, his play isn't amazing. If you look at numbers like PFF, he's not up there with the top players. He is of big value because of that flexibility to move him to corner when you get an injury and you've got that flexibility. But he's not elite. He's very good, but he's not at that sort of old Thomas elite level. So I'd be looking out there and I'd be going, do we pay him loads? And if he wants loads, this could be his last season. And I know there's been lots of noise about getting a deal done. And no doubt this podcast, when it drops in a few hours, John Dorsey's probably done the deal and I'll look like an idiot. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if they do let him play out this final year and then they play hardball next off-season or they go into the market and grab someone else because there's names still flying around. Trey Boston is there. And if I'm going, if Trey Boston can only get a five million a year deal or you get Randall wanting, let's say, 12 million to be up there around or 14 million to be up there with the other players again, I'm taking Trey Boston on five million all day long. So... I think that's something really interesting to keep an eye on, what will happen with the safety market. Um, And I I think Randall is in a weak position because the cards aren't really in his hands and we're going to see cap casualties coming along and and that's perfectly fine. If you're a good team, you can't keep all of your players. And if anyone tells you everyone can keep all of their players and look at the Patriots, they got rid of one of the best pass rushers in the NFL this season in Trey Flowers. No one bats an eyelid because they have faith in their team that we can fill that hole and it's not worth paying crazy money just to keep odd players. It's more important to have a really, really good roster. So don't, don't be worried when people are discussing we've got the need to let certain players go. That's a good thing. If you can afford all your players, it means your players are not good enough. So remember, it's, it's good team problems and we are a good team. So we're going to have those. A um, couple of names on the list. Carl Davis might make it through camp but he's certainly not going to be around when we're looking to replace. Ray Ray Armstrong, 
I think is a cup. Um, if I'm looking at that linebacker room, we've got our two new signings through the draft. We've got Avery's still there. And then you've got the couple of um, players in Schobert and in Kirksey. And then I, I think Darius Taylor's probably the one they keep, mainly for the special teams angle. So I, th- I think that's just six there. So Ray Ray Armstrong's will be gone. Hunt, I would tender him. I would give him a third round tender at the end of this season. And then if someone wants to give us a third round pick and take him off our hands, I am more than happy to give up a third round pick to get um, to move Kareem Hunt on. Some people might want a second round tender. By all means, I can understand that. Take the second round tender. It's only a slightly bit more money you're paying, probably just over the 3 million mark. And then if someone gives you a second, then you are laughing your head off. Um, anyone talking about a first round tender is completely overvaluing a running back and they're not worth that conversation. So let's not hype it that much. But uh, Kareem Hunt, give him a tender next year. Um, he's never getting a long-term deal with the Browns. Um, so tender him. And then after that, let him hit free agency the year after. Um, you can Running back is such a replaceable position. There is so many. It's not that they're all rubbish. There's so many good ones that there's no need to pay big money. You can go find one in the draft. There's multiple options available. And it's not a position where you make the difference when it comes to winning and losing. So Kareem Hunt, give him a tender, second or third. And then if we get a pick, then fantastic. If not, we get him for one last cheap year. And then good luck. He can move on to wherever he finds best. The next name I want to touch on is Joe Schobert. And there was sort of that hype before the draft that he he might be traded. He might be on the block. Um, It didn't happen. He's still here. This is probably going to be his final year in my eyes. Um, I would really like to pay him. And if I look at what sort of the inside linebacker market is, you've got CJ Mosley that came in with an insane deal, 17 million a year, which is just, it is madness, the amount of money they pay him. Um, I honestly don't understand why you would do that. I know he's a good player, but you just don't commit that sort of money to that position. It is a position which has fast decline. So you've got running back, which obviously everyone knows, um, they decline really early. The mortality rate of the position is quite high. And then the running back of the defense in terms of shorter careers is the linebackers. And people are going to throw exceptions at me. There's exceptions to every position. Um, Tom Brady is a great sixth round quarterback. doesn't mean you go searching for a quarterback in the sixth round. Um, but I, I would say at the 10 million mark, again, I would look at, um, you could get Joe Schobert signed up at the 10 million mark. Would I pay Joe Schobert 10 million? No. If Joe Schobert wants a four-year, 40 million deal, I'm not signing Joe Schobert. And I love Joe Schobert. He's a fantastic linebacker. People want to throw out tackle numbers. I don't, I'm not like cared about them. He's solid in coverage. I would only play one linebacker against 11 personnel. If you want to know why on that, go back to the podcast I did with um, Brendan Leister. Fantastic mind. We discussed that and how we should sort of focus more on safeties than linebackers. It's a cheaper position. You can get more from it. But in terms of that, would you give him 10 million? I just, I don't see it. Um, You could obviously balance it out and do it early. So if you wanted to give him, say, 40 million in money, put a load of it onto this year or add the two left, call it 42. Let's call it 40 over the five years. Suddenly, 8 million a year, it doesn't look as bad. 
Um, obviously, you're putting money into this year, but it's more manageable going forward. So you can front load that deal and put it into this year where he's, he's only on that two million. Make that eight, and then you bring down your future cap years. And moves like that to put the money in this year might be something really important with those players we're re-signing. So two, three years down the line, they're cheaper because I'd rather have Joe Schober at eight million in three years than have him at ten million. Small little savings like that, they do add up. And it's not a saving in all honesty. It's just paying that money now before you have to worry about Miles Garrett's re-signing because that's going to be expensive and painful in terms of a salary cap perspective. So Joe Schobert could be in his final year, especially picking up two linebackers. Kirksey is in his final year unless something dramatic changes. But if Tacky Tacky and Wilson come on, then I think Wilson... Phil Schobert's role, Tacky Tacky could be there and they might just go, we're going to add another linebacker in the first four rounds next year and all of our linebackers are going to be either have one year of play or a rookie and that could be where they stand. So if Tacky Tacky and Wilson come on, Joe Schobert's position is very unlikely. I can't see Joe get an early extension, however much I love him. Um, I just don't think it will happen, but it's certainly one to keep an eye on. The other names down the list, in all honesty, not that worried about the rest of the players that are going to be free agents. Um, some of them who are free agents probably won't even make it out of camp. There's going to be some cuts and some players moving on. And that's fine. You, Even though there's an incredible amount of depth built on this roster, so if you're looking through at sort of the name, then you're going to see some names in there and think, oh, we've got loads of players at this position, loads of players at that position. That's not going to stay that way because they're going to trim the fat. They're going to sign a lot of these UDFAs and draft picks and they're going to beat people out. So don't be too concerned when the depth doesn't look quite as good after we finish the cut to 53. You're going to get rid of some good players. And then I'm just going to do a bit looking at the price of these rookie picks. So the first pick we made on draft night was Greedy Williams. First year cost of Greedy Williams because... The first four years of all these picks, it's all set. They can't negotiate anything. So the total value of the contract's done. The signing bonus the player gets is done. And so that means all four years of cap hit are set. They can't move that. They can't do anything. What they can do is debate how much guaranteed money they get on top of the signing bonus. And this could be guarantees that just go into the first year. They could go into any which year. Usually you'll see sort of top half of the first round there'll be lots more there um it once you get later in the draft you're just happy to get the deal signed and that's why you see lots of them deals done really quickly you've got things like injury guarantees and stuff you can play with but it's not that exciting if we're going to be honest so greedy williams numbers in his first year is 1.2 million it's as cheap as that and that's massive to get a guy that hopefully by the time we get to week one will be our starting cornerback opposite denzel ward and we're only paying him 1.2 million. That's incredible. And if we just look at, because I would have happily drafted him at 17. If he was at a pick at 17, that's 2.4 million, which is double. But if we're looking over the length of this contract, that would have been a 13.2 million contract. We get a 6.4 million contract. So it's a massive saving in there. And that's a dirt cheap player. If you ask me, the player I believe Greedy Williams is, would I have paid him 6.5 million or paid 6.5 million for just this season for a starting cornerback? 
I'd have said, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll pay that. Let's get that. That'd be a really good signing. And so for four years of play for just 6.4 million, that's a really, really good deal. And then if we just look through, you've got Tacky Tacky, it's on 735 grand. You've got in the fourth round, we signed Redwine. He's on 675,000. And then the other players are around the 550 to 520 mark. So they're cheap. And the really important thing the Browns have got to do over the next few drafts is to draft players that become starters. And the reason for that is if you are going to keep all these big players, you're going to need to have players that are draft picks starting and playing on your team. And that's when I say a few of them, we're probably looking at about half of the starters. So that's 11 players on the team have got to be on rookie contracts. And that is a really tough challenge because drafting a player that is a role player in the draft is tough, but most GMs are going to get about 50% of their draft picks are at least going to be able to be role players. Having 50% of your draft picks become starters is really, really ambitious. Um, but it's that decision. If the draft picks don't hit, then we're going to have to go into free agency and other ways or re-sign players that we probably wouldn't re-sign to keep them. And if you're having to do that, that means one of your elite players can't stay because you've had to sort of replace two, three other players with more expensive options. So it's a massive, massive factor. It's really important that we get as much success as possible in the draft. And that's why I think we need to add these draft picks. So if, if we can address that left tackle position, it'd be great if we could trade out of that first round pick next year and maybe add two seconds. We're going to just need more and more and more. Um, we need to add more talent and more cheap talent. Um, the actual starting quality is really good with the Browns. I think it's one of the best the NFL's probably ever seen in terms of just a one year, what this team is. Will it perform to that level? Who knows? There's so many other factors that will affect that. But the talent level is amazing. Now the question is how long we can sustain it. Um, Howie Roseman does some fantastic work with the Eagles. He's gone and signed Zach Brown, who's had a fantastic season at linebacker last season. Got him for $3 million. You've got CJ Mosley that goes for $17 million a year. And Zach Brown, who I wouldn't say there's that much difference. I know, I'm, I know there's certainly CJ Mosley's up there with the best linebackers in the league. But in terms of when it comes to winning and that position, I, I, I would take the £3 million very good player over the £17 million elite player. And I, I wouldn't even have to think about it. So it's little moves like that that are going to be really, really important for the Browns moving forward. And, and if we can position ourselves as a team that we're going to compete for a Super Bowl every year, then players will go, actually, I've had a quite a good career. I'm just going to sign for the Browns on a one-year deal. And I'm never going to stay there more than one year. But they're going to make me look better than I am. I'm going to help them be really good. And I might win a ring. And that's what we need to become, the destination. And people go to the Pats. Why? Because they know for one year they're going to take slightly less money. They're going to go there, have a really good shot of getting a ring. And then after that, they can go get paid and get all the money they dream of. Look at Trent Brown. Trent Brown was a nobody last offseason. The 49ers basically gave him away for nothing. And then suddenly, he's now the highest paid right tackle in the NFL. 
the record before him was like 12.5 million. It's now 16 million. It's the highest paid right tackle. So it's massive deals, guys. Have a fantastic weekend. Me and Paul will be back tomorrow. And um, just remember, let's go Browns. Oh,